WL Podcast. It's the Trib Live High School Sports Network winding up the uh, 2024, well, 2023, 2024 regular season, getting ready for the playoffs. And uh, one of the teams that will be participating in the playoffs is our WPIAL Boys Basketball Team of the Week. It's the Beaver Bobcats and their uh, young coach, Casey Kaiser, kind enough to join us. Casey, congratulations on the second half success, the, the success last week, big, big victory in your regular season finale, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for, you know, for the kind words. And we're, we're looking forward to the next season here. Well, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk looking ahead uh, coming up in a moment, but uh, let's first um, start with a little background. This is your third year at the helm of the Beaver Bobcats. You've uh, tasted um, coaching both on the girls' side and the boys' side from the WPIAL on your resume. Talk us, talk to, to us a little bit about that. So I'm an Ohioan, so I moved here uh, in 2017 for a job. Um, you know, I was trying to get into basketball. I was already coaching for, you know, six years prior in Ohio. Um, through AAU circuits, coaching some kids, I met some families and, you know, got into the uh, Pine Richland on the girls' side under Tom Rigger, great dude, um, one of my first coaches in the area that I met. Um, and through the connections there, watching it was time during the time of Phil Dracovic, all of them were at Pine Richland. I met Jeff Ackerman. It was all a lot of boys' games, kind of talked with them, X's and O's a little bit, kind of met them. And then uh, through the connections, when he went to uh, Baldwin yeah, a couple years ago, he, he brought me on staff with him down there before I headed up to Beaver. I mean, at what point in your life did you realize that you really wanted to coach and be a head coach uh, in high school basketball? I played from youth all the way up through high school. Um, I went to Waynesburg University down the area here for track, but I also went to uh, try my freshman year of basketball. Wasn't the greatest of players, but I loved the game. So, you know, I wanted to continue to be a part of the game. And what greater way to get back and also be a part of something as, as a coach. So it's been my passion for a long time to get involved and be a part of stuff, which is kind of where – Started in the AU circuits, and then freshman coach JV kind of worked my way up the ranks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great challenge to get here, but, uh, you know, I, I value every step of it because it is a great opportunity. Has the game from your youth um, as a player to now as a head coach, has the game changed a lot in your eyes? I believe so. I, and that's where we kind of, as a staff, me and my staff, we talk all the time about what's the evolution look like, try to predict what the evolution is going to look like. I know there's no shot talk in high school, but eventually we hope there will be one. And with that being said, we, you know, when I grew up through the ranks, it was motion offense, five, six reversals, slow pace, you know, 40, 50 point games were the high end. Um, and now you see it now, 60, 70, and, you know, and some of the regards in our sections, you're looking at hundreds, nineties. So, you know, it's, it's a definitely evolving, but I think for the better. I think basketball looks a lot more pure and a lot less robotic. Um, but, you know, we're just we're watching the evolution as we go. Do they have the shot clock uh, in Scholastic Hoops in Ohio? I was following. I think they do in some parts. It's not mandated yet. Um, okay. But I know in AAU and stuff like that, they use it in, in Ohio sometimes. And it's, been, it's, it's fun to watch. It just, it just makes kids really have to think fast, play fast. Yeah, a lot of teams that – play that fast-paced style anyway you don't even really think 
that the shot clock's there. It's when those when, when teams from a strategic standpoint try to grind it out, slow the game down, that that's when you notice, yeah, you know what, maybe things would be better with the shot clock. But again, then you take that that strategic aspect out of it. Correct. So, I, there's two sides to it. I see both yeah. sides, but I, I like the fast place, fast paced style, and also you know the, the end game is to get kids college ready. So you know, for me, I'm a fan of it just for the college readiness for the kids that want to play at the next level. I, I want to talk um, about this week specifically, a couple big section wins, but let's talk about first half, second half specifically uh, in section two. Um, you guys split. The uh, first half, well, you were three and three at the midway point of section play. You lose your section, uh, the second half opener to a Lincoln Park. Obviously, no shame there. But haven't lost since. Uh, five straight section wins. Um, what has been the key to what you saw the first time around and in, in going three and three and the second time uh, a sweet five and one? Yeah, so coming into the year, we knew it was going to be a lot of question mark challenges because um, we only returned two varsity players from last year's team. Even though we had a successful team, there were a lot of senior heavy leaders. Um, but we knew we had the talent. It was just a matter of getting it to gel. Um, and we kept telling the kids, trust, 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 trust the system, trust each other. You know, but it's hard for kids that age to trust what they don't know. And we kept, you know, our model kept building, rise above it, get better because of it. Um, believing is seeing, right? You can't, you can't believe it until you see it type of deal, but right. you have to trust it, and then eventually you'll see the results. So really what happened was, you know, the Ambers lost actually halfway through section play the first time around. They beat us at home when uh, we had one of our, our, our number two scorer was out injured, um, but we still had no excuses. We should, we should take care of business. And we found out really quickly there that game that some maybe some people weren't as ready as they needed to be or maybe weren't as trusting as they needed to be, and we really challenged each other then. Lincoln Park, like I said, there's no shame in that. that. That week was a rough week for us, but we grew from it, and we knew that it's only going to make us better, and it's showing so far that, you know, it, it did grow the team, and now we're all kind of bonded closer and tighter than we were before. Was there a moment? Was it something that you said, or was it something maybe that the, the kids said to each other on their own? It was a mix. I mean, our locker room, we, we, we preach to our leaders that our captains do, to be not just – uh, metaphor captains. We want them to be there and have a say in the locker room and kind of control what goes on in there. And they do, they, they kind of, they would have their own meetings and stuff and talk about how we, they, they would go to breakfast. They'd go to like dinners. They would do stuff to kind of bond off the court. And then it was our job as coaches on the court to get them to do stuff. We were doing drills specifically to get team bonding going. We were doing a lot more, you know, in high intensity, get after it, but pick each other up type drills. And, um, we really saw it. We saw it, you know, starting to click a little bit. When we saw the clicking, we started pushing it up another level as well. And it, again, now we're in that spot where everyone's playing at a high level for us, and uh, we're we're in the right time, right place. Yeah, playing some good ball heading into the postseason, and it started with a strong finish to the uh, regular season this past week. Let's go back to Tuesday. Um, again, this, this, you know, I mean, Lincoln Park took control as expected. Lincoln Park or North Catholic, another heavyweight in this section. But really, you know, you, you, you took a look and, and you saw Ambridge and you saw Central Valley and you saw you guys and, and even Blackhawk for a little bit hanging in there. It was just sort of muddled after those top two. Well, uh, again, the strong second half you guys have had has uh, risen you up to third, 
third place. And one of those uh, key victories was against Ambridge on Tuesday. You jump out to a seven-point lead. You're up by seven at the half. And then, wow, you come on the second half and blow the doors off the Bridgers. What was was it something said at halftime for, leading to that monster third quarter? Yeah, halftime be just for me. I kind of keep them, we keep them in house, but they're no, it's 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 not that it's the magical sauce. It was just kind of like reminding them, like, you guys have it in you. It's just a matter of just going out there and having fun. Sometimes the game gets too tight because players feel too much pressure to do one thing or the other. And I keep reminding them, even on Friday night, you know, going into that game, there was nothing really we couldn't advance our seating, we couldn't do anything crazy, just have fun, trust each other, and play and, and live with the results. So, like at Amber, same thing. Yes, we were. We were sluggish off the off the start, and you know, people weren't getting going like we thought they were. But then when we started talking again, trust somebody else now at that point, and it, it became, you know, our motto. It's been our motto for the whole year, but really, it's now our, our rally call. Be be with each other. Five guys in the same direction is a lot more powerful than one guy going strong. Yeah, you got a special one. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment. But on Tuesday, balanced scoring, you had four players in uh, double-digit scoring with uh, Ty Butler leading the way. Yeah, and, you know, Ty Ty's a great player. And it's funny because he's, he's a superior athlete. He's a baseball guy that plays basketball. It's hard to always say that, but, you know, he is. He's a great baseball player, and, you know, we, we, we challenge him all the time to, like, use his athleticism and find new ways to impact the game, and he does that. You know, sometimes he'll go and get, you know, double-digit rebounds. Sometimes he goes in double-digit scoring. Sometimes he'll be, a, you know, a lockdown defender for us. Um, and he really truly is, you know, his brother was more of a basketball guy. So he's got basketball in his blood in terms of basketball IQ. Um, it's just more for him. If he's starting to find that love for basketball, even though, you know, again, it was number two, but right now he's loving it. And you could tell in the way he's playing, he's playing like a man possessed a little bit. Yeah. Picking it up, uh, um, had another big game against, uh, uh, North Catholic before we talk about that, uh, the Trojans, uh, game, uh, Brady Mayo, uh, he is ha- having himself an outstanding career. Um, how special of a ball player is he? He's special. I mean, he, he's he's the ultimate gamer. Um, you talk about all the time, like you talk about the you know the greats. I'm not comparing him to the greats. Don't 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 twist my words there. But you see all these documentaries on like the pro athletes that have been are the greatest of all time type sure. approaches. How they approach the game. You know, they are when the lights go on and the scoreboard turns on, they are different people. And in practices, they're different people off the court. Brady's one of the most quiet guys you'll meet on the court. You, you don't hear from anybody but him. So it's one of those things where the light turns on the switch turns on. He goes 110 miles per hour and he does whatever it takes to win. Um, He's been a big place piece for us since his freshman year. We knew what we had in terms of his talent and scoring ability. Um, But this year he's actually involved even further than we thought. And he's become a, a great leader for the team and a, and a great, um, you know, role model for some of the younger kids on how, you know, it's more than just scoring, you know, being a pass first guy sometimes, trusting each other's players and, um, you know, growing. But on top of that, he's still scoring 25 a game. So, you know, you can't replicate that every year. Um, so we're definitely understanding it's a very special year that he's having. And we're trying to make sure that people around him know that as well. well who do you got there chirping in trying to add their two cents? So uh, I got three kids here, and my wife's out out of the of town today. So I got them all snacks right now. They're all kind of just relaxing. But my, my youngest son, he doesn't 
doesn't understand the, the concept, which is kind of uh, that's okay. He doesn't. I mean, don't shush him. If he wants to make noise, he can make noise. <laughs> They're going to be bouncing off the walls later, my friend. You're going to pay the oh, price. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some snacks now to be quiet, but later on, uh, they're going to be uh, uh, ready to go. Um, so, speaking of ready to go, you guys certainly were. The rematch uh, with uh, with North Catholic, again, a good start. Uh, you guys at home jump out to an 18-10 lead. Uh, another uh, good, solid third quarter. Um, what was the key uh, to a very, very impressive nine-point win over, over the Trojans? Again, we came in, I mean, the first time we saw them at their place, unfortunately, I was out of town for work. I was in Alabama for a conference, um, but I was watching remotely, and we were trying to do as much we could to get keep involved. Um, and that game just got away in the last third quarter. So we, we knew like it wasn't a long shot. We were competing with them last time. We had to fine-tune some pieces and parts. And we came into pra- practice this week preparing for them from Wednesday on because Monday was you know, Ambridge Day. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was mindset was North Catholic 100%. And the way North Catholic plays, you really can't schematically outplay them in terms of drawing up X's and O's. You just have to kind of really play as a unit. And you have to, it requires three or four people being special to beat them. One guy's not going to beat North Catholic, and you're not going to outshoot them in a three point contest. Um, so we, pre- we preached it. We, we didn't go over plays much at all. We went over one play, and um, the play we ran right out of the halftime where we hit a big three to go up nine. Um, other than that, though, it was schematically just talking about how we got to move without the ball, how it's important to move without the ball. But then also, you know, the, the trust factor. Nick Krasowski for us has been a great knockdown shooter and really been coming on strong lately and trying to tell, you know, remind guys that when there's a hot hand in, in any game, we have to feed him. And he's been 8 of 10 for the past two games, 80% wow. from three. You know, and he's shot – not like he's only shooting one or two shots. He was three or four at Amber, and he's five or six at first North Catholic at the end of the day. Really just preaching that, that trust aspect of if you got a hot hand, we're going to need to feed it before it cools off. And we did. He got five or six threes going, and then Ty was playing, you know, man-possessed, rebounding the ball. It was just a team effort. Pacer Hill, like, I don't know if people know his name because he's not a scorer. He's not in the books a lot. But we put Pacer Hill on our best – he's our best defender. We put him on Max Hurry and, and kind of kept him quiet in the first half. We knew we weren't going to shut him down but kept him quiet enough to where, you know, he had to really push it towards the end to get some points in, and then he got in foul trouble. So, again, you have to have some luck on your side sometimes to play beat some of the better teams, and we, we got some luck in terms of the foul calls, but we played our game and we trusted the system and, and we lived with the results, which were a, a big victory for us. Yeah, Brady, Nick, Ty, double-digit scoring, again, for all three of those <clears throat> players, as was the case against Ambridge. I, I like what something you just said there. You know, it, hey, it's great to have that stud ball player this time of year to to lean on during those crunch times uh, and 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 the you know the, the 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 playoff atmosphere can do strange things to teenage kids. So it is nice to have that stud, but um, recognize the hot hand, and you have guys who can fill the net up, not just Brady. You you don't have to. Well, other teams may be focusing on him. It's nice to have other weapons, and it's. I think the offenses that have the most success are those that do recognize on any given night, you know, who who who's got the hot hand and, and feeding them the rock. Absolutely, and uh, I mean the model we built too is, is a team team first model that we put in three years ago. 
And last year's team, as special as it was, we had four guys scoring 10, 11 points plus a game. And in the playoffs, we just had a bad we, – we had a bad night. You know, we didn't shoot the ball well, and we, we lost in the first round. But that was a special team. And, you know, really we wanted to model it the same way this year. We, we are averaging three guys in double digits, and then we have multiple guys have gone for double digits in a game. And like you said, yeah, it's – comes down to the matchup and really just seizing the moment, which is where, you know, we're talking about now as a team is how do we prepare for that moment and who's ready to step up. And when we find it, we got to keep feeding them. Yep. I mentioned third year, first year, um, nine and 13, big, big step last year. You guys were 17 and five. You mentioned um, the the first round playoff loss um, to South Allegheny. Um, is this team – I'm not going to say better, but is this team ready to make that next step and have some postseason success? I would think so. You know, last year was it was the first time for all of us, me as well. First playoff game as a right, coach, right. getting ready, learning some lessons. I learned some valuable lessons last year at the South Allegheny game of how to approach these things a little differently. Um, and I would also say our team's a little bit more dynamic in the fact that we do have a player that can go for 30 if you let them. Um, but then we also have that back end where – we have guys that can complement each other and pick up the slack as needed. We don't need Brady to go for 30, but if he wants to go for 30 and they're going to let him, then we have that built in that we can do that. Um, also, you know, it, it, last year we had two point guards and we kind of split the load a little bit and kind of maybe hurt ourselves in terms of getting somebody going. Whereas this year, you know, Brady's our true point guard and he, he's almost a, a one-man wrecking crew in terms of press breaker. Um, if In North Catholic, he didn't hit a single three. He had 25 all at the rim and foul shots. Um so, like, if a three-point shot is going for him as well because he's been off a little bit, you know, that changes the dynamic of everything. How do you guard him? Where do you let him pick your poison? So we have a little bit more dynamics in that in that sense. Um, but, you know, I think we're very similar to last year's team. But we, as a staff, have grown from last year, and I think we're going to be ready in terms of preparation and getting everybody on board ready to go. Getting ready for the Class 4A playoffs, the Beaver Bobcats, one of 16 teams participating one of 15 teams trying to figure out how to solve the puzzle that is the Lincoln Park Leopards. You guys saw them twice this year. They are heavy favorites to uh, repeat as WPL champions, and really, to be honest, one of the uh, favorites in the uh, PIAA playoffs as well. I've always thought, though, the teams, when you get into a playoff situation and you have that one team that's dominant and everybody else wants to be on the other side of the bracket, uh, that's 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 respect. But I've always thought the teams that have faced Lincoln Park, the the Beavers, the Central Valleys, the North Catholics, if you face them again down the road, you're not going to be intimidated. I'm not saying that you, 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 the third time's a charm. Maybe it is, but I, I think you guys have a better chance of of of, of competing with with the Lincoln Park than really even some of the elite teams in other sections because those teams they see that team warming up and they're going to be a little intimidated and that game might be lost right then and there that's not going to happen to teams that see them on a regular basis yeah we're, we live under the model last year if we would have beat South Allegheny we would have had Lincoln Park in the second round so we live under that model that you know any sport any level it's hard to beat a team three times you know not impossible but hard um and, you know, we have a secret recipe. If anyone wants to call me, I'll let them know a secret recipe how to beat Lincoln Park. I just didn't want to show it in the regular season. But, no, um, you know, it is, yeah. No, we, we know the guys. The, a lot of the players are friends, like, because they grew up down, sure. down the street and stuff from each other. And 
you know, um, Bebo was one school decision away from being a Bobcat. So, you know, they know each other really well. There's not – there's a respect level of their game, but we're not going to come in there and be scared of them. We're just going to play the game and let let it, the results be what they are. But, yeah, you're 100%. It's a little bit of, a, of an advantage. And from us on the side of the bracket, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with other – either side. I mean, I want to get in there and just play some basketball. Sure. Some people watching this may be watching it after the brackets come out at 2 o'clock on Monday. Um but we're taping this beforehand, obviously. Um, do, do you put your bracketology hat on and, and you and your staff try to figure things out? Or do you just say, you know what, we'll find out when we find out and, and go from there? I mean, we've done it. We've done the bracketology, trying to figure it out. We saw the article released early. You guys released yesterday of the you know predictions and stuff. You know, How'd I do? It is what it is. I, I, listen, that's kind of where we thought we'd be. Unfortunately, being a three seed, you can't really vouch for too much. Even though a three seed in our section, I think, has a little more weight than others. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we saw last year we had an on-section schedule of all five and six, eight teams beating Peter, beating Norwin, uh, Upper St. Clair, South Al- South Fayette, all these schools. And uh, we still got send-offs to South Allegheny. So we know that anything's, anything's possible um, and that we are really in the hands of of Monday's decisions, um, but kind of we're in the same realm that we think we're going to travel somewhere. Um, we're just waiting to find out who that's going to be and then get some scrimmages lined up to kind of get us ready as possible. The uh, one thing I will say, um, uh, kudos. You just mentioned the, talking more about last year and the, in the really uh, the gauntlet of a non-section schedule, but that's the way to do it. When, when I'm putting this together and again, I'm not on the committee, but I want to see, and, and, and past committee members who I know um, told me that they would rather see teams load up non-section and lose than go 19-3 and three against, you know, a bunch of average to below average teams. And so uh, continue that mindset. I, I, like you said, didn't pay off last year, but um, it will. The committee does notice um, those kind of things. Um, we're also taping this on uh, the the uh, morning of uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So, again, people will be seeing the this afterward. So we'll s- exactly see how good you are at uh, at making predictions. Now, keep in mind, everybody, this is this is this this is a young man from Cleveland. So uh, he may or may not know good football if he sees it. <laughs> but Casey, who do you like and why? I'm going 49ers tonight. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I think, you know, he gets a lot of a lot of riff from that Atlanta Falcons uh, debacle a couple of years ago. Um, and he was also in the Cleveland Browns. Like the last time the Cleveland Browns were relevant offensively, he was on. He was the OC quarterback coach for the Browns, um, okay. and he made players like Johnny Manziel look serviceable. So, listen, I'm I'm a big fan of his. Um, on top of that, being an Ohio State fan with Chase Young, Bosa, um, those guys. You know, it's just I have a lot of rooting interest for the 49ers, and uh, not a, I'm not a hater of the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm a fan of, of parody once in a while, getting some new faces in there and to hold that trophy up. So going 49ers, and I think it'll be I think it'll be a, f- a four point game. I'm going four points. Okay. Going, it's going to be a field goal down the stretch to push it to, to push it to double did double, double score, and uh, Kansas City can't get there. Over under four and a half. The- how many appearances do we see on our TV screen from Taylor Swift? Oh, it's over definitely over. I think it'll be four by halftime. 
I, th- I think you're a hundred percent right on that prediction. Um, Casey, get great to, to get to know you a little bit. Uh, we appreciate your time. Congratulations. Strong second half, uh, including the, the, the capper, the big victory over North Catholic on Friday. Now on a lot of teams radars, if they, if they draw the Beaver Bobcats, uh, little beads of sweat will start to, uh, appear on their brow. Um, congratulations. Good luck in the postseason. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right. Casey Kaiser, the head coach of the Beaver Bobcats, our final WPIL boys basketball uh, player or team of the week for this season. Now, we will continue handing out player of the week and team of the week uh, honors and continue doing this podcast uh, through the WPIL playoffs over the next couple of weeks and also through the PIAA playoffs as well. All right, so by the time you see this, you know the playoff field. You know how the uh, standings um, ended up, and you may even know what the brackets look like. If you don't, if it's before 2 o'clock on Monday when you see this, a reminder, we will have the WPIO playoff pairing show Monday, 2 o'clock. We'll run down all the brackets, and then on Wednesday, we will have two separate podcasts, one our WPIL boys basketball playoff preview with the one and only Chris Harlan and uh, the other WPIL girls basketball playoff preview. Special surprise as to who will be joining me as our expert on that one. So check it out Monday, the pairing show Wednesday, both the previews of the boys and girls basketball playoffs here on the rebel yell podcast right here on the trip live high school sports network.